We're starting our new series for the Advent called um, uh, Christmas Adventures, Something's About to Happen. Um, and in the adventure that we face in life or adventures that happen, there's an anticipation for what's about to happen. And there's usually plenty of unexpected twists and turns along the way. Every Christmas season, my family and I choose to go on an epic Christmas adventure to go to the South Hills and cut down a Christmas tree. Just by a show of hands, anyone else go cut down their own tree? Not many, so buckle up. The adventure usually begins just by getting all the kids in the car. We have to load them up, get them bundled up in their snow gear, and then from there, get them in the car and take them up the mountain. Once we're at the mountain, the next step is usually an epic snowball fight. It lasts for about five minutes, usually one kid's crying by the end of it, and then for the rest of the time, the kids hang out in the, in the car and they drink hot chocolate. That leaves me, and sometimes my in-laws will come join in the party, and my, my father-in-law, Rick, to go and pick out a tree. But picking out a tree sounds so much simpler than it really is. You see, because we're not picking out a tree. What's happening is the pursuit of the perfect tree. The perfect tree for Christmas. We hike for what feels like five miles. We think we find one, only to see that its branches are too sparse in a few spots. So then we go to the next batch of trees, only to see that this tree is just a little bit too small. So then we traverse through the bramble and try to avoid getting cut by these razor-sharp bushes because we see that one perfect tree. That is until we get there and realize that it's two small trees that have kind of blended together. <laughs> Finally, I find a tree that looks like it could be the one that is perfect. So I, I go up to it and I'm examining it. And then I ask my father-in-law, hey, Rick, do you think this is a good one? To which he responds, oh, it'd be good for your house. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's the way it works. So then I go and I cut it down because it's good enough. And I, I put it on my shoulder. Then we head down after we find the second tree that is perfect and uh, make our way back to the vehicles. But um, the story's never that simple. That's the abridged version. There's always some sort of hiccup that happens in our adventure, some sort of adversity we have to face. It might be uh, getting all the way up the hill, getting everyone out of the car, only to realize there's something very important that we forgot. The saw. Yes, that actually happened. We got up to the South Hills and forgot our saw. Luckily, we found someone up there that we knew that could let us borrow it. Or maybe failing to think through the fact that my father-in-law had just had hip surgery, and I would be the one schlepping two trees on my shoulder through the deep snow trying to get back to the car. Every year... We cut down our Christmas tree, and it's a uniquely challenging adventure. But we come back year after year, embracing the tradition because of the excitement and the anticipation that it brings the Christmas season. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into some Christmas adventures that will hopefully fill us with excitement and anticipation to celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus. Oftentimes in good books or movies we find our adventures start in the ordinary. 
the characters are just doing everyday life. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they are thrown into the middle of a story greater than their own that they had no intention of joining. When this happens, there's usually a moment where the characters have to decide whether or not they are willing to embark on the journey that lies ahead. Our scripture for today focuses on a group of shepherds that are thrown into the middle of a story much, much greater than their own. They had no intentions to embark on an adventure, but found themselves in a place where they had to make a decision. Do we say no, or do we go? Our scripture from today comes from Luke chapter 2, verses um, uh, 8 through 15. Our scripture reading for the week is Marie Cunningham. So Marie, can you please make your way to the center of the room? And can I please ask everyone if you're able to stand for the reading of God's word? We stand and we face the center of the room to remind us of the centrality scripture should have in our lives and also that it's to be the primary lens to which we live and view the world. So whenever you're ready, Marie, go ahead and start. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Thank you, Marie. You can all be seated. Our passage today starts with a group of shepherds tending to their sheep in the middle of the night. In general, shepherds were not viewed very highly. They were considered to be lower class or maybe even outcast from the respectable society. They were seen as lowly, rough, unclean, or even dangerous to others. Their honesty and integrity was so questionable to other people that their opinion or their testimony in a court didn't hold up. Yet, it is a group of shepherds that God would come down, choose to use to play a role in his story. It's a great reminder that God invites all of us, as we are, to be a part of a story bigger than our own. For the shepherds, all seemed normal. Nothing seemed out of the routine. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bam! An angel of the Lord appears. In that moment, the shepherds no longer lived in the ordinary. They were invited to join in an adventure that would be extraordinary. There are times God places us on extraordinary adventures. Sometimes they end with happily ever afters. And other times they can have mixed 
results. But oftentimes, we find that our stories start in the ordinary. We might find ourselves living our lives the way that we always do, when, bam, I get anyone again? We get that full ride scholarship. We meet the person we want to spend the rest of our lives with. We get that promotion that causes us to move our family. We get that diagnosis of cancer. We get pregnant. We get served divorce papers. We survive the accident we weren't supposed to survive. We lose the person we weren't supposed to lose. God has us embark on a number of adventures, but we are also invited to a common adventure. God has, or is in the process of interrupting all of our ordinary to invite us to take part in an adventure that is extraordinary. The extraordinary adventure is one that ends in peace, hope, love, and joy. Oftentimes, the adventures that God takes us on happen suddenly and when we least expect them. The shepherd's encounter with the angel was totally unexpected. They didn't plan on having an angel appear above them when they were doing their thing, but it happened. And it said that their response was one of fear. When God interrupts our ordinary, it's easy for us to respond from a place of fear. It can be scary to go down a road that has never been gone down before. Fear is a typical response we feel when we're abruptly taken off guard by something we don't fully understand. I think the initial shock factor uh, of their experience would probably be terrifying to any of us. The adventures that God places us on can sometimes bring us to a place where we are fearful of what lies ahead. We might find ourselves living in fear because we can't predict the outcome, because of the overall gravity of our situation, or because maybe we just have a hard time placing our trust in someone other than ourselves. I'm going to bet that when the shepherds were approached in the middle of the night by an angel and they found themselves in the glory of God, they felt this way. They didn't know what was going to happen. There was definitely a gravity to their situation and they were not in control of what was happening. But it's at this point that the angel responds by saying, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news. The Greek word used here for good news is euangelizio, which means good news. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's a root word used for the gospel. Isn't that cool? The good news. It's the root word for the gospel. And the angel proclaimed this good news was that a Savior had been born and that the Savior would bring great joy. When thrown into an adventure we don't yet fully understand, one that can bring fear to our lives, there is power 
in getting some good news, isn't there? Good news that can bring us joy as we go on this new adventure. As we live our lives, we are constantly thrown into adventures that can be scary. But there's comfort that we can find in the midst of it. There's peace. There's hope. There's love. And there's joy to be found in the good news of the gospel. Just like the shepherds were presented with good news in our passage, so too are we presented with good news with the gospel. That God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins to be resurrected so that we could have eternity with God and experience his peace and love. Through the angel God presented the good news to the shepherds and through the Bible and the Holy Spirit, God presents it to us. The angel goes on to give the shepherds signs for where the Savior was and what he would look like. In essence, they give them a roadmap for how to get on the adventure. At this point, the shepherds have been thrown into an adventure bigger than they could ever imagine. And just as they're probably coming to terms with their situation, things intensify. All of a sudden, a gigantic choir of angels appears with the one that was already there. And they start to sing and give God glory. And after they do that, they ascend into heaven. Can you imagine that sight? I really can't. It sounds amazing. It sounds at least like a lot to experience. However you want to imagine what it looked like, what it sounded like, it was pretty epic. And when the angels ascended, it left the shepherds with a decision to make. Do they take the opportunity to continue the adventure that they were thrown into? Or do they go back to doing what they were already doing? Do they go back to the ordinary? the shepherds are confronted with an opportunity to say no or to go. God sends all of us on a number of different adventures. As I said earlier, some leave to happily ever after. Some of them have twists and turns. Others of them, others of them have great adversity. Some of them end with great loss. And some of them just lead to more adventures. But there's one common adventure that we are all invited to embark on as we decide whether or not to say no or go. Like the shepherds, we have been invited into God's story of redemption and restoration. God has shared the good news with us. We've been given a map on how to get there through the Holy Spirit and God's word. But are we going to say no, or are we going to go? This adventure is not promised to be easy. There will be good times, and there will be bad times. There will be ups and downs. But there will also be times where in the midst of all those things, there will be peace. There will be hope. There will be love. 
and there will be joy in the midst of our circumstances. As our passage for today closes in verse 15, uh, we are shown the shepherd's response to their invitation to adventure. It says, when the angels had left them and had gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds were not told to go to Bethlehem. They didn't have to leave the ordinary that felt so comfortable. They felt compelled to go because of the good news that they had received. They longed to learn more about this Savior that had been sent to them. Directly after our passage, it says that the shepherds hurried off so that they could see and experience who Jesus was. They couldn't help after that but tell other people about what they had seen and, and how amazing he was. And it says that the people were amazed. As I hear the response of the shepherds, especially after they meet Jesus and how they left to spread the word, my mind can't help but go to Matthew 28 and Jesus' great commission to his disciples to go and make disciples. When the gospel is shared with us, whether for the first time or the hundredth, we should feel compelled to go continue the extraordinary adventure to find and know more about who Jesus is. We should want to dive into our Bibles, spend time in prayer, engage in the body of Christ. And as we get to know him better and we start to experience this peace, hope, joy, and love, that he can provide, it should move us, it should compel us to tell the world about him. Imagine if that could be our response as we tried to pursue, know, and encounter Jesus. What if we couldn't help but just tell others about how great he is? Who knows who could be amazed? Telling the world about Jesus doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to be complicated or scary. It can start by saying something as simple as, God bless you, to the grocery store clerk that's having a rough day. It could be sponsoring a family for Christmas assistance around the holidays. It could be inviting a friend or a coworker to church. Church, we have an incredible opportunity this Advent season to pursue knowing and experiencing our Savior and to invite others in on the opportunity for an extraordinary adventure. God is inviting all of us to join in an amazing adventure the gospel provides. An adventure that invites us to deeply know and follow Jesus, to love him, and then to go and spread the word. Let's go. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you so much for your word, for sending your, your only son here that we can celebrate this month so that we could uh, find salvation through him 
and come back to be able to have a relationship with you. God, if there's things in our lives, adventures you're calling us to go on right now, I pray that you give us the courage to trust in you through it and to make that decision. Lord, uh, we ask and we pray that for those struggling during this holiday season, they're on a number of different adventures. Help them feel your peace, your love, your hope, and your joy. We love you, God, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's close with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.